Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, Dungeon Master, creative campaigns, and we talk a little bit about being kinder to yourself. Welcome, my friends. Oh, oh. weird start. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Kindness Project. I'm joined by my very own D and D aficionado. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who says he wants to play D and D and has four <laughs> had had four years to do it, but still hasn't managed to. Right, no, no, right, no. Help me understand D and D. And if you're not sure what D and D is, listeners. Oh, I thought it was death and destruction. I got the wrong kind. Um, no, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Right, help me understand the okay, so appeal of D and D. D and D was one of the. Um, I, I think it was one of the original tabletop RPG. Um, You're throwing a lot of like sort of. Oh, uh, tabletop acronyms. It's uh, a tabletop game. Uh, uh, and a role. Uh, hold on. A tabletop playing game. It's not. Yeah, no, it, it might be one of the original tabletop role-playing games, but board games, tabletop games, yeah, yeah, have been yeah. around for thousands of years. Like it was, it's one that has you know immersive storytelling, and yeah. it's it, it's it's brilliant. So in my mind, it's brilliant. So you have um, one person who kind of controls the story, tells the story, plays through the other characters, sets the monsters and the battles and the dungeons and all and this stuff. And you normally play the dungeon master. I usually go with the dungeon master. Now, and then you now I, don't, I don't blame you being the dungeon master, but in my mind, I mean, clearly you're going to be pretty good at that role, um, but there's only one true dungeon master in my mind. I mean, you are amazing. I love you. <laughs> there's a, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, there's only one true dungeon master in my mind, and that is Traegard oh from Nightmare. I mean that I grew up with just the ultimate dungeon yeah. master. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But like I try my best. Yeah. And basically... Have you got a beard? <laughs> Let me rearrange. <laughs> so so Charlotte is now putting her hair around her chin. <laughs> that is weird how beard like that looks. Yeah. <laughs> Right, let me take, just take a photo so we can put this in conjunction. Right, do me a, do me a favour, listeners, right? Do me a favour, right? Right, now, what I want you to do, listeners, genuinely, is go to the show notes for episode 100. What episode are we on? I don't know. 114, right? And on those show notes, it will show a little picture. And that little picture will be of a girl. Um, or some sort of Wizards. bearded wizard. Um, it's not usually the, uh, uh, the uh, role I play. Now, now, my phone has said, because you put this beard up, my phone has just automatically told me to pick a better shot. No, I want the one with the beard, thanks. I want the one with the beard. Um, no, I, love, I love being the dungeon master because it means, essentially, I get to control the entire game. Right. Um, so I get to write the stories for the game. Yeah. I get to lead the characters. You get through. to pretend you've got a beard. Yeah, I get to lead the characters through the game. So at any point, if I decide... 
okay, that was clever. I didn't have that in mind, but that was clever. I can automatically give them points and say, yes, that was good. But yeah. if I if I think, okay, they're playing the game wrong, I can take points away or I can lead them in a certain direction because it doesn't really matter because I'm in control of the game. So I play... Is, is, is there a framework you've got to follow? To fight monsters, earn XP... But, but, yeah, but, but can, not really. But can you take it wherever you want to? You can to? take it wherever you want to. Okay. Um, and you, you but there's a story, right? You start with the story. Yeah, well, you can write your own story. Okay. So I have a book that has a pre-written story, but I've also endeavoured to try and start my own story. So while we're working through this campaign, I'm currently writing a murder mystery campaign for my party to work through. So um, they have to kind of solve all the mysteries, and at the end they get to fight the murderer and, you know, defeat the murderer, and then they get out, and then it's just about how many of them survive. And I've said to them that if less than five people die, they each get a special item as a reward but you can take it anywhere you like really that sounds amazing so you've done you've you're making your own murder mystery dungeons and dragons game yep but no dragons no dragons set in set in what era uh i was is it like is it was it agatha christie inspired um well no because i listened to it to get inspiration for the campaigns that i've planning to write because it's my first campaign that I'm writing myself I was listening to a lot of the D&D podcasts online like uh, Critical Role or The Adventure Zone or Dungeons and Daddies I haven't had to go around Dungeons and Daddies? It's a, it's a group of fathers and they all get together to play Dungeons and Dragons together I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but it's supposed to be really good Okay. Um, but I've been listening to stuff like Critical Role and The Adventure Zone mostly The Adventure Zone And, um, and it helps you create your own yeah, and I, I listened to one and they were doing a they were doing a mystery and only one, there was only one murder but I decided I was going to write a plot that was linking but uh, now that I know you can do murder mystery I was going to link it to like and then there were none so yeah. like there's I've decided there's 12 characters and they're just going to get killed off one by one until um, my party solve them who the murderer is if they don't solve it they get killed off and they have to rewrite their entire characters and start from scratch. I bet. And they lose all their levels and all their items and all their stuff. But, like, it's going to be great. Love it. Amazing. Sounds good. So when's that going to be written for? After you see these. Yeah, yeah. That, sound, that sounds like a brilliant thing. Because, again, you can write the I can core... literally do anything. Yeah, you can do anything you want. I like... You can have party sizes of up to, like, ten. Obviously, my party's only two people. But, like, they work really well together. But even though, like, they don't... They work well together, but they have very opposing. Um, when you say party, you've got two two other friends you yes, play D and D. Yes, you should start a little like you should start your own like Dungeons and Dragons. What's your what's your gang called? Baggy trousers. Oh, well, the baggy trousers split up ages ago. Oh no. Yeah, we, oh, don't, no. we don't really. Talk, they, they took they took away our bench. <laughs> How dare they? I know. How you... dare they take away the baggy trouser bench? Yeah, it, they took it away the start of last year. So like, it's just. We haven't spoken about the baggy trousers for ages, have we? Since like the twelfth episode. You, you you did you did you you did hide the information that they'd pinched your bench though. How dare they? You need to you need to start like you need to get your organisation of skills in play to get a few more D and D players, I reckon. Well, no, the the two I've got from it right now is fine because they're a rowdy bunch and I only have room for two on this pair so far. So it's like. <laughs> Well, why don't you uh, steal the bench and put it in our, in our little <laughs> den and then you'd have room for two more? Maybe. Do you need more seats down there? Because we can arrange... No, it's fun with our little game of three and we, we all have snacks and last time Kaylee brought fruit. Yeah. Fruit. And then Mummy cooked some of them dinner and then they said they didn't want it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. No tough. 
Anyway, uh, this week, talking of food, this week's question of the podcast is food related. Yes. And it is um, weird food combinations. What are you singing to yourself? Um, I'm Break My Heart. Why? <laughs> it, was, it was on a show I was watching earlier, it's just been stuck in my head. Yeah, um, talk to that. No, we'll, we'll get back to the uh, we'll get back to the podcast in a minute. But talk to that. Yesterday you went to see the Voice live, didn't we're not, you? We're not allowed to talk about it. Are you not allowed to talk about the Voice? We're, we're, we're allowed to talk about it in general. We're not allowed to talk about what you know happened. Tell me, tell me about the experience. What right, was it so like? it was absolutely brilliant because um, when we we got there at ten, well, we got there at half ten. <laughs> Um, what time did you get there? We left the house at 10 and we got there at half 10. And then, no, did we get there at half 10? It's, I don't know. I don't know when we left. <laughs> no, we left at 8 and we got there at half 10. Yeah, and then, it's over the ebbs are loving, yeah, isn't it? And then um, we were standing in line until half 12. You're not selling it to me. You are not selling then, it to me. Um, we got into this giant tent and they did bag checks and security checks and they patted us down and they got us through and we stood in this tent for about 10 minutes. Um, and There seems to be a lot of standing and queuing at the minute. Uh, and we got snacks and we got drinks. We had oh. to pay for them, obviously. But, um, right. And there was a shiny... When does the good bit start? There was a giant shiny chandelier in this tent. It was absolutely brilliant. And the tent was heated. And then it started hailing it down. It was absolutely brilliant. And then we started all going outside. Right. Can, I, can I just give you a little like a little tip when you're telling the story, right? You saying absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and then saying, I queued for two hours. Absolutely brilliant. The absolutely brilliant bit doesn't take away from the fact... That you're queuing for two hours. I got, I, I got to have a nice chin with mum. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And it didn't seem like two hours. It probably seemed. Could like... you having a chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we, after we got out of the tent and it was hailing outside, <laughs> and they took our phones. <laughs> <laughs> this is like quarantine. You sure you, you sure mummy said to uh, you, you sure mum said, um, uh, actually we're going to see the. Voice, and actually, what you went to was a coronavirus quarantine <laughs> camp in um, disguise. And Tom Jones was there, and he wasn't happy because they were he had to wear this weird mask. Um, anyway, so we went through, and it was hailing outside, which we had to run right through. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this absolutely brilliant trick isn't working. Yeah, this... What you're describing right now sounds like my worst nightmare: <laughs> queuing but... and sitting in a tent. And then we went in, and there was there was there was these people, and they were leading us through. We were having a little peek behind the curtain and having a look at the, some of the sets, and we were standing directly behind that. You know, the giant hat with the microphone and stuff like that. And we right. walked we walked round, and there was. Oh, a, so you're in there. You're in the studio. We're in. Now, we're yeah? in now. Any more we're, tents we're involved? In the, we're in, this whole thing is just a giant warehouse. So it's like it's oh, a warehouse, right? Okay. Um. So like we go through. And there's a load of seats behind the chairs, and um, they're trying to—they're gesturing us, and they're trying to get us up there. And um, Mum just goes, "Yeah." Well, are they? Uh, are they prodding you with a taser or what? No, then they're, they're just gesturing, and then Mum um, tries to go and sit down in the uh, uh, the little side wing area, and the woman kind of gestures us away, and then another woman comes up, um, 
comes by and she brings us around to the other side of the stage to where there's these two little pits. One's a standing pit and one's a sitting pit. And we got front row seats in the sitting pit. So we're literally next to the stage. We're literally right next to the acts as they come round. And what were the acts like? Good? Oh, they, they were good. They were good. They were good. And we got to see um, Tom and Ollie and Megan and Will and they, they all waved at us and it was absolutely brilliant. And we were all sat, we sat for like, I think we were there for four and a half hours sitting. Okay. Um, and sitting and standing getting up and putting de- sitting down again we got to watch these brilliant acts and all the coaches it was absolutely brilliant <laughs> it was brilliant and it was also shiny and lights were everywhere and every time they said lifeline we went ooh why why lifeline because um, there's the lifeline thing and it uh, sorry you're giving away trade secret and you, everybody knows there's lifelines everyone so. knows there's a lifeline so okay. you know in the, in, how uh, many lifelines Huh? How many lifelines? We didn't see the lifelines. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they put this giant thing up on the the display and it said lifeline. And the guy came up to us and said, every time you see that, you've got to join the rest of the crowd and go, ooh. I think it was more of a, ooh. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway. Um, well, I'm rambling again. Uh, Are you really? Was it absolutely brilliant? Yeah. Um, we've, we've only got the 12 minute mark and I'm not even like halfway. Well, we haven't even answered the question yeah, of the podcast yeah. yet. So we've talked Dungeons and Dragons. We've talked your trip to The Voice, uh-huh. um, which sounds more like a visit to a, a quarantine district of, of, of London. Hey, I um, got my phone back. Oh, yeah. They gave you your phone back. Um, and we haven't come out on to the question of the podcast, which is weird food combinations. So what weird food combinations, listeners, do you like? You can give us your answers for next week's podcast using the following methods. Twitter, at Ola Kindness. Facebook. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Facebook, put it in the search bar. Absolutely brilliant. Ola at the kindnessproject.co.uk if you want to email us. Absolutely brilliant. The Kindness Project <laughs> in the Google bar if you want to look at our website. And you can get access to every single... Absolutely brilliant episode we've ever released right. on the website. All right. Have you been drinking coffee all of a sudden? Or no, what? I haven't had a single coffee today. All right, okay. Um, so, you can do all that. What's the weirdest food combination you've ever eaten? I once made that really weird sandwich that had the pesto sauce in it. What? Pesto sauce in a sandwich. What else was yeah, in it? Yeah, I know. Uh, cheese, ham. Uh, I stuck it in the microwave for a couple of seconds. Uh, I put some salsa in it. This was... The, okay, so it was like year seven. So you had a salsa, ham, cheese and pesto sauce sandwich. I think there was chicken meat. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like year seven summer holidays and you and mum were still at work. And you guys, yeah, did Charlotte, you stay at home. You have, a, you have a rest day. And I got hungry for lunch. So I was like, I'll make myself a sandwich. And that- I opened the fridge to get like some yeah. sauce and I saw that it was pesto and salsa and I was like right going in the sandwich can I say that isn't absolutely brilliant um, <laughs> it's really tasty I don't know my friends um, we will crack on the show yes so I there's no interview this week because I want to talk about something quite serious yes um, I was in Dublin a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and on the Saturday night I heard the news about um, the TV presenter, Caroline Flack, yes. um, who committed suicide at the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Now, what was um, conf- a bit confusing to me was 
I'm 42, so she wasn't that much younger than me. I look at my life and think that I've got an amazing amount to live for. And uh, I look at somebody like that and think um, how much mental anguish um, uh, must she have been going through mm. to actually um, to actually put her through that, uh, to, to, to make that decision. Um, and you know what? It was an interesting one because one of the things that she um, tweeted out just before she um, committed suicide, a couple of weeks before she committed suicide, because she was getting so much mm. online abuse, was um, just be kind. Um, yeah. So she talked quite a lot about kindness. Um, but I think part of kindness and something we don't talk about enough is just being kind to yourself just making sure that you are in a position where um uh, whilst helping other people supporting other people being good you should be kind to yourself and as you know charlotte i'm thinking about this quite a lot because i'm, I'm writing a book on um kindness um and i want to just share some things that i've learned over the over the last couple of years doing research into kindness thinking about kindness and talking to people who are doing amazing stuff um in the world about how we can be a little bit kinder to ourselves mm. what do you think about about that oh about being kind to ourselves mm. i think it's i think it's very important i think it's like it's one of those things where people don't see the importance of it where especially when they're not being kind to themselves because they're kind of lost in it and i think sometimes it does take other people to show you that you do need to be kind to yourself so that you can help be kind to other people yeah and i think yeah. it's it is something that is something you can control but it's not something you can do alone yeah because sometimes we get a bit lost in our own heads and we, oh, like, we don't 100%. understand that actually maybe we are worth more than we think we are 100%. i think being kind to oneself is a bit difficult when you can't see your own value so it does include other people as well yeah i, I yeah you know what 100 percent, i agree i mean i think sometimes we need a reminder that we should be kind to ourselves, mm -hmm. and that means other people being kind to us um because um the reality of it is um we are social beings you know we need that reminder and i think sometimes our own worst enemy is that voice inside our head yep. and sometimes sometimes we need to we need a reminder that voice inside our head isn't fat isn't f mm. often based in fact it's based on sort of it, it, it's based on perception of the world and that mm. perception might be skewed so i think you're absolutely right so I think the first thing is, even though we can and we should remind um, uh, remind ourselves that we need to be a bit kind to ourselves, what we also need to do is just be give other people the opportunity to remind them that they need to be kind yep, to themselves, exactly. because that then, like, sort of, then then you're then you're doing it. But let me just share some tips that I think are really important. Um, number one, I think saying no is really important because mm. sometimes that mental anguish and that mental stress is because we take too much on. Um, and I think saying no and finding time and space 
in your own head to uh, for your own for, for, for your own um, opportunity to recover is really important. Recently on the podcast, we interviewed a guy called Nick Elston, mm-hmm. who's had his challenges with anxiety and his own mental health, and he's really open and and talk. Uh, talks about this and I've learned quite a lot from Nick um, about uh, uh, doing this and effectively he understands now after his um, anxiety attack mm-hmm. that he talks about quite openly um, he found that what he needed to do is just take time out of the world recovering and um, finding his own sort of space again in his mm. own thoughts so even though he liked being with people saying no and setting rules and setting mm. boundaries and not saying yes to anything um being busy all the time isn't often the best place to yeah. think because you never get to rest mentally or physically and you, it's uh, yeah i think that, that i think that, that being busy constantly is a short-term solution because it stops you thinking about other stuff like yeah. you focus on what you're doing you're focused but it kind of it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of push everything back and then there's more to deal with yeah. later on so yeah. maybe it's not the best solution overall. So maybe maybe saying no and setting boundaries is it, it's mm. quite, uh, quite an important thing to do. And it's weird because I like being busy. I quite like being busy. But it's also important to make sure you take time to rest. Mm. Um, and rest in your own way. Be that exercise, be that meditation, be that... Um, you know, chilling and watching a movie, being that took like spending time with friends, friends or family, it doesn't all need to be work. See, I think in a way, exercise is kind of like work, but it, in the see, you say it's like calming for you and it, it helps you deal with your own space in the same way that um, writing for me does because even yeah. though it is a form of work, it's also a form of expression, yeah, and it's also a way that I can talk about my feelings without yeah. actually talking about my feelings, it's a way of expressing myself without actually talking about myself in a way because yeah. sometimes no, putting, I agree. putting it into context of myself makes it a little bit more scary yeah. because it's like... Well, I, th- I think the other interesting thing, I think you're right, because writing allows you to express those emotions. It's, yeah. it's a cathartic thing, right? And I it? think, in a way, it's also because sometimes when I'm writing characters, I'm writing about myself... But I'm, I'm writing things that are true about myself, but things I never considered true about myself. So like certain ways I'm feeling, and I don't understand them yeah. when it's in reference to me. But taken into context of someone else, it makes more sense. Yes, yeah. I get that. I get that. So n- number one is uh, set rules for yourself to make sure that you're protecting your own headspace. Number two is avoid comparisons. Now... The interesting thing is, is we're all guilty as humans Mm. of comparing ourselves to others. And the reality is, sometimes, sometimes that drives us to achieve things we might not, um, Mm. we we might not do otherwise. Um, And that, and that's, um, uh, that's how it works positively. You know, you might turn around and say, uh, uh, my mate Steve from the gym, who's a real man. Who is a real man, Steve? From I the thought gym. it was Steve the friend. Steve, oh, he's Steve. He's Steve the friend. Beat Steve the friend from the gym. Um, but like the reality of it is that sometimes you need that. You need that social circle mm-hmm. pushing you on. What you don't need, and what can be destructive, is when you internally compare yourself mm-hmm. with others and don't think 
you you are as good. Um, and the reality is, we're all different. You know, we've yeah, we've all got different drives, all got different motivations. We're all good in our own way. We're all good and skilled and special in our own way. And thinking that I'm not as good as, or I'm not as rich as, or I'm not as successful as somebody else is nonsense. Live your own life. Because there's avoid always going to be someone better than you. Well, that, you know, you know what? What, what does that? What does better mean? What does success mean? You know, success means that you're happy, right? And if you are spending your time comparing how happy you are instead of being happy. The reality is that that you're 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 not spending your time as productively as possible. Mm. So avoiding those comp- you're right. People, you know, there's always going to be a wealthier person unless you're perhaps Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Um, uh, there's always going to be somebody who's faster, who's fitter, who's better looking, who's got more mates to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Oh, yeah, whatever it is. Some people are running 15 people campaigns. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But 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 comparisons that inspire are fine. Yes. Comparisons that make you feel rubbish. Yeah, yeah uh, comparisons that only serve to put you down. Just yeah. And again, who's who's guilty of making those comparisons? Us. Yeah. You know, we we make those comparisons sometimes. But remember that they're um that they're uh, um uh, comparisons that they want to avoid. Um, there's a there's a really interesting study, and I'll, I'll reference it in the show notes, um, uh, by Emmons and McCulloch and um, Bunk, Yabima and Gibbons and Eipenberg um, around social com- comparison bias. Um, and it's, it talks about that paradox of sometimes comparison can drive us forward, but a lot of the times it, it doesn't do us any favours favor uh that don't do us any favors next one is gratitude so i think i'm an incredibly lucky man Mm -hmm. um and sometimes sometimes i think that gratitude helps me live my life in the best way possible Mm. because you i always try and start from the starting point of being super fortunate Mm. um and I think the focus on what's gone right as opposed to what's not um, gone so right allows me then to focus on what I need to potentially improve and not and not anything else. So, I mean, there's plenty that is wrong with me. I'm bald, but I'm not bald yet. I'm going yeah. bald. Um, the head hole is growing daily on a daily basis. Um, I'm... I'm certainly not the quickest runner in the world. I'm not the smartest in the world. Um, but I tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for an amazing, an absolutely fantastic family. It's not my wording, but okay. <laughs> absolutely brilliant <laughs> family. Um, I'm grateful that I get to do a job I love where I get to talk to people and support them to achieve their goals. I'm grateful for living a life where I can be creative and share thoughts and ideas on this podcast. I'm living a life where uh, I get to travel and I get to travel with you, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. That's super important to me. Um, if I get a bit teary, just stop me. Um, I am grateful. I, I am so lucky. I, I tell you what else I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was born in a country that gives me all this opportunity. I'm just grateful for so much. And sometimes when we're 
thinking about um, those thoughts about about how bad we are or how bad our environment is, we forget how lucky we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that thinking about gratitude and doing that as a exercise is, is certainly worthwhile. You know um, what you are good at? What? Posing for my photos. Am I? Yeah, I was just thinking because the way the sun was shining in your face, it reminded me of an old photo that I really liked and I was trying to mimic, but I couldn't get quite right. So I will have to be experimenting with that when we're done with recording. Okay, fair enough. If you want to take some photos, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so next one is, uh, I, I, um, as you know, I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got an interest in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And one of the philosophies that fascinates me um, is Stoicism. Yes. And that is, I mean, the, Sto- the Stoics believed um, a bunch of different things, but the bit, the one lesson that I've learnt the most of is only worrying about the stuff we can control. And, and again, it's one of those things like gratitude that you've got to remind yourself every day, but not worrying about things that you have no control over allows you then to say... What everybody, what anybody else does, um, then has no impact on the action I'm going to mm-hmm. take. I'm just going to carry on focusing on what I can control. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a perfect example of this. We had a conversation. You were feeling a bit rough yes. last week, wasn't you? And we had a conversation around the fact that you'd sent a text to your friends. Mm. They didn't respond immediately, and um, uh, you felt that. Um, uh, that it said something about you because they didn't respond. Mm. Now, the reality was you'd done what you can control, you'd sent them Mm -hmm. a message, and you started inventing all these stories about what they were believing um, because you hadn't heard from them. Mm. I think what helps me is that only worrying about stuff that I can do then allows me to say, whatever they want to do is up to them, I'm just going to focus on what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, now, we're human, right? And we care about what other people think. That's entirely natural. Mm-hmm. Having that resilience to say, all I'm going to do is focus on the elements that I can control mm-hmm. helps me, and hopefully it will help you in the future when, when stuff like that happens. Um, next, I've got um, uh, making mistakes. Now... When I look at Caroline Flack, she'd made mistakes in her life and she, she was awaiting um, quite a serious um, uh, criminal conviction mm. because she'd assaulted or she, she'd been accused of assaulting her, her boyfriend at the time. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't want to get into the rights and wrongs of whether she did it, whether she not, or... or um, whether she should have been um, convicted or not. What I would say would be um, uh, part of the challenge we've got mm. as a society is we all make mistakes and we've all got to be bold enough and brave enough to admit that we all make mistakes yeah. and, number one, admit them. And number two, realise that life goes on when you make a mistake. Mm. 
I, I don't know what was going through Caroline Flack's head when she made that decision. Um, and there's probably a, thousands of contributory factors, but I'm sure one of them was the fact that she she was scared that that mistake was gonna um, that was gonna have a negative impact on her life moving forward for the next forty years, mm. and that potentially it could have done, but um, certainly the fact that. Uh, there is like just that reminder that that we all make mistakes, mm. big and small. There is life after making mistakes, um, and um, mistakes are also about learning to be a bit mm. better. Is really important. I know, like sort of, I've 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 been I've been there at times when I've made mistakes in my life, and at the time in my head, it felt like there wasn't any way out yeah there's always a way out mm -hmm. there's always a way out and i think we've got to sometimes make sure we've got people around us to remind us that sometimes there is a way there's always a way out that, well, there, there, there's always a way forward normally mm -hmm. um unless it's the most extreme mistake and even then there's there's normally a way it's forward. To be a way forward yeah and i think mistakes are important because they we learn from them don't mm -hmm. we um, but sometimes when we make a mistake, it's difficult to because it, especially See past when, the current consequences. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it definitely it definitely is because sometimes like you do things and all the all you can think about is like what's going to happen now, what's going to happen now. But in in a sense, that's not the most important thing. Sure, something's going to happen now, but is it going to affect you in the long term? Is it going to ruin absolutely everything and it, nothing ruins absolutely everything there's no way you can ruin absolutely everything i mean saying one word isn't going to tear the world apart just because it's a mistake to say that word and in a sense it even if everything does fall apart there's still a world for you there's still a place where you belong there always is going to be even if it's halfway around the world or no completely different language or you know <laughs> you're kind of a bit strange but but the 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 reality is there's always people around you who know you mm. if you're a good person which most people are i believe there's normally people around you there to support you and love you mm -hmm. um and i want to move on to something else as well um i want to talk about ignoring the noise um uh part of the Caroline Flack's challenge was the amount of virulent hate that was directed towards her. And I don't know whether if I was in her position, I would have been able to um, um, cope with that. Um, it was all about perspective, isn't it? Because the, the way the media saw her was because of this one mistake she had made that she wasn't even getting supposed to be getting prosecuted for. And, like, it kind of turned them all against her and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the, real, the reality is that, um, that the, I mean, both social media and traditional media um, accentuated the mistakes that she'd made um, and it wasn't a particularly pleasant environment to, for her to 
to to be it. But the the challenge you've got is those often those with the with the most hateful message or the message that's the most upsetting shout the loudest. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to remember is um, most people. It's, it's a really weird message, this one, but most people don't care about you, okay? Most people, all they're trying to do is they care about you, but all they're trying to do is live their lives yep. and live their lives in the best way possible. Um, and and actually, what Caroline Flack um, was, um, the position she was in, was she, she felt that everybody was against her. Because of the, um, I, I'm assuming she felt that everybody was against her. I don't know what she was thinking, but um, but like, the reality of it is, um, we're we're in a position where what we've got to do is remember that um, a lot of what you hear in on social media, mm. on the mainstream media, um, uh, is is noise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. Currently, we're going through a position where the coronavirus is out there. And if you turn on the news, you'd assume that everybody in the world has got the coronavirus. And actually, it's relatively, relatively, it's still serious. People are still dying from it, but it's still a relatively low risk. And less people are dying from it than people die of the flu every year. Yeah, yeah. So so I think, I think what we need to do sometimes with... Um, anything that's going on in our lives is just put it into an element of perspective um, and, and, and make sure that we're not um, catastrophizing things like that. And so, you're right, Charlotte, sometimes... Are you right? You're just looking inside your rainbow bottle there. You're having a good time there. Um, I'm drinking for it for three days in the <laughs> um, But yeah, that, that, that reminder... And again, I agree, sometimes it's difficult to do it yourself. Mm. That reminder that actually the world isn't a catastrophe. Yeah. And a hundred people on Twitter telling you that something's wrong when actually there's millions that would tell you it's right. Most people on Twitter don't know don't even know what they're talking about. They're just making <laughs> an argument half the time. Well that I mean, look look whatever you decide to do with Twitter is fine. I've stopped, I use Twitter for for mostly positive stuff. I've stopped engaging in debate because no one has ever persuaded me on Twitter. No, I've never come off Twitter and gone, oh, you know what, those 140 or now 208 characters have really persuaded me of your nuanced view. Well done. I Um, I don't, I don't, See, I still use social media. I don't use Twitter. I don't use Facebook. I don't start debates with people. I don't use social media the way people traditionally do. I don't post pictures of my face to make other think I look pretty. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't... See, I use Instagram because it's a convenient tool for texting and posting pictures of fandom stuff and p- posting my photography pictures. But whether they get likes or not, eh. I use Tumblr because, like, I can share my opinion and nobody knows my name. <laughs> Secrecy. Um, and like, you're you, not a troll, though, are you? No, no, no. I'm not a troll, but I kind of I post into like the fandom pages, and that's that's what I use Reddit for. But I deleted Reddit as well, and I stopped. Yeah, look, so you know, the internet um, and social media can be amazingly positive places, yeah. but when they're not, we've just got to put them into perspective. At 
what's up, Mr. Eggman272, isn't going to have any major impact on your life. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I've picked an actual Twitter what's name. What's your egg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what you... Like, that these people, in the general scheme of things... Don't matter. I love how I gave you a genuine Shakespeare. <laughs> you were like, yeah, there's a Twitter username. Like, to, to I bet gen- there is a Twitter username. It's a genuine. It's a genuine Shakespeare quote. Next, next, um, next is exercise, and we talked a little bit about that. Um, sometimes it's just important to get out there, um, run, jump, walk, skip. Uh, I like Hop on three knees. Yeah, yeah. Do 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 something that um, just. <laughs> keeps you active because exercise kicks in your endorphins and has been proven to um, benefit your own mental health Um, and then last one I want to talk about um, gross mindset it's one of my favourite topics isn't it Charlotte oh shut up about Uh, it (laughs) um, and gross mindset is starting with the fact that we are incomplete creatures and we never stop learning so so um being in a position where despite where you are today the future is always more positive optimistic because you get better and learn more as life goes on that was that was a very complicated exactly that was a very complicated and technical um way of explaining it how would you explain it so it's like um did the growth and the closed mindset i think is the two different ones well if you were to have a closed mindset it would be like i can't do a handstand or but having a growth mindset would be something along the lines of i can't do a handstand yet yep yep everything's learnable you know what there was a guy there's a guy at my gym um it's a really weird um, analogy because um uh it's exercise related but he came to our gym uh and said i can't do a push-up yet and um he couldn't do a push-up um and you know what he did he like did this thing where we started doing it on his stairs so he like it helped him do a push-up and then like started on his knees and then did it on the stairs and then just slowly developed and, and worked your way and that is a perfect example of somebody who's gone i can't do it but i've got the ability to learn or i've got the ability to build up the strength that sort of or i've got the ability to learn a language learn a new skill i've got the ability to understand more about what makes me happy Mm. i've got the ability to change my current situation so that i'm happier essentially you know all of these things Mm. are changeable i think sometimes the challenge when it comes to being kinder to itself is that we assume that that state Mm. of being depressed or sad or it's isn't going to yeah it's the final point isn't going to change and the reality is it's not the the only constant in our lives is change really and that's yes. it's important to remember that um next one is ask for help yes and talk yes um i don't know what i'd do without you. Oh shucks. And mum. Oh shucks. And Sophie, because even though you um, tease me amazingly about everything, 
I know that if I had a problem and I came to maybe not Sophie. Um no, if I came to if I came to you and my mum and I just wanted to talk about it, um I know that you'd listen. Mm-hmm. Always. And uh I'd a hundred percent do that for you. Mm-hmm. And mum. Mm-hmm. And maybe Sophie. No, and definitely, no, and definitely Sophie, right? What, what, if the, what if her problem is that she got stuck in her Henry VIII costume? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen it? Have you seen it? It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, I love it. I, you know what? I, I once got stuck in a monkey outfit, but that's for, a different, <laughs> that's for a different subject. But I think part of the challenge is um, often we don't feel the the we don't feel that we want to burden other people and we should always if we're struggling with something mentally always ask for help mm. i think we've we've come on by leaps and bounds in in recent mm. years that actually talking about mental health isn't a stigma, stigma anymore um, actually beneficial to people with mental health um uh but Actually, we can talk about some of the challenges we face. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so important that yeah. that um, we we remember that sometimes we all go through stressful situations. Mm-hmm. We all struggle, um, and um, yeah, I just think that that remember that there's all, all always somebody out there to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if it's not family or friends or you don't feel comfortable talking to family or friends about some of the challenges you're facing, you've got professional organisations yeah. out there who provide that support. So please make sure that you're I mean, you're using that. I'm a firm believer in the phrase a problem shared is a problem halved. You know, talking it through can then help you understand what the, what the solution might be. And that's really important to do. So... Um, uh then the last thing that I want to talk about is uh, and something that's been proven to to um uh be a way to be kind to yourself is um be kind to others mm-hmm. because actually helping others um does something called give you a helper's high and that's when endorphins in your same as exercise endorphins kicking in in your body and helping others makes you feel a million times better mm-hmm. um and we'll talk maybe we'll talk about that help as i um on a future podcast what do you think of those tips do you think they're useful yeah definitely i think that it is it is a good array of tips because it, it doesn't just apply to one person it applies to lots of people and it applies to several different techniques and several different things you can do and like so if one thing doesn't work for uh, one person it could there are other things in that list that could apply to other people because it's not just one person specific or one mm. type of person specific what works for you how do you um, how, you, uh, how, how well, do you try and I, I try and talk to my friends I yep. try and express my feelings through my journaling and my writing yep. and my poetry and Sometimes I'll randomly do all that. I'm not a great artist, but I mean, it does help me in a way. But you know what? That that's one that's one tip that we didn't mention. That just 
being cathartic. You yeah, know, yeah. Just, like just doing things that, not for yourself, obviously for yourself, but not to share or to do with other people or for other people to understand. It's just something for you. Yeah, to express your emotions yeah. on the page. And I think, yeah. in a way, that's having time for yourself. So, like, sometimes I like to just take some time, me and a book, and I don't really think about myself. I just kind of get lost in the characters. But because I like to read books where I can relate mm. to the characters, it's sort of like by living through their story i'm living out my own emotions in a way that doesn't mean i have to think about them deeply and get more wound up yeah. by them yeah. and it's kind of a cathartic thing it's a distraction but you're also handling your own emotions because you relate to these characters and seeing them mm. act in a certain way shows you how maybe you should act based on these emotions or maybe how you shouldn't react based on these emotions it's kind of like subconsciously picking up tips from other people who feel the same way as you do yeah fair enough no, that sounds perfect okay well i'm glad you enjoyed that and yes. I, I thought it was an important um subject to talk about considering yes. um considering what's been going on with the world um shall we crack on the show yes Podcast. And on last week's podcast, I asked you to um, help me build my playlist because every year yes. I have a new playlist and I like to add songs. Both they haven't got to be songs from 2020; they can be songs from whenever. But the rule is for my playlist: I've never, I can't repeat them on a previous year's playlist. And there was a few that popped up that were amazing and made it to my playlist. Um, Stevie Dan said, uh, for your marathon, keep on running by the Spencer Davis group. Um, thanks, Steve. Uh, Mike Christie said, Drops of Jupiter. Now, the problem is, Drops of Jupiter is an amazing song. But it's been on a previous playlist. It was on last year's playlist. On Top of the World um, and Amsterdam by the Imagine Dra Dragons, uh, John Cook said um, uh, a, f a song by Dave, that, who Dave who won a Brit Award recently, um, that did make it onto my playlist. And that album, Psychodrama, is amazing. Um, uh, Ian I and Zeke, uh, Hanging Off Your Cloud by the Courtenayers. Um, David Forsdyke went a bit old school, but went right up your street, Charlotte. Aww, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Mr. Blue Sky by ELO, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. I'm, I'm going to be controversial. I don't think Living on a Prayer is Bon Jovi's best song. You like It's My Life, don't you? It's My Life, uh, Have a Nice Day, best two Bon Jovi songs, Fair in enough. my opinion. Controversial. Um, Al McCann said, uh, I really like the, 19, uh, the 1975 right now, um, or some ACDC, which did make them onto my list. Hazel Gray said, Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy... Uh, Tammy... I can't remember the name of Tammy's surname. Um... Sean Neil Atten said Judy Street with what? Uh, and then gave us a list. Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Back in Black by... Uh, oh, um, the Impossible Dream by Andy Williams. Uh, 
Take 5 by Brute Beck, On Days Like These by Matt Monroe, London Calling by The Clash, Golden Brown by The Stranglers, uh, Crazy by Niles Bartley, Warwick Avenue, Warwick Avenue by Duffy, and The Girl from Ipanema by Astrid Gilbertero. And Justin Gavney said, What a Man Got to Do by The Jonas Brothers. The Jonas Brothers. Uh, um, and that, my friends, was it. Um, and that is also the end of another podcast. Ooh. So on that, we'll see you next time. Bye.